You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, and this is episode number 67. Well, guys, this is something different because we were supposed to be finishing the Back to the Basics series today. However, due to the state of what is going on in our nation and what is going on in the world, I felt compelled to share a different message with you today. As I was studying and preparing for the end of the Back to the Basics series, which was going to be about holy living, I felt God direct me to certain scriptures because in my personal time, I've been studying how I can be used during this time in our country. And while I was studying, God really laid an important message on my heart. And in this episode, we will go into the scripture and we'll talk about the armor that God wants us to wear and the weapons that he wants us to use during a fight. And we also talk about how the battle is not against one another, but it's a spiritual battle against the enemy. Guys, we are talking about being kind to one another, treating each other with love, even if we want justice. So in a couple weeks, we will finish the Back to the Basics series, and I thank you for tuning in to those. But right now, I'm going to share with you a very special message. This is episode number 67 that I am calling Offenses and Fences. Hey guys, I'm JC. Are you ready for real conversations about faith, business, and life? Me too. This is the Hello Awesome Podcast, where I bring forth topics and truthful insights that will encourage you to make intentional choices and pursue God with your whole heart. Are you ready to say hello to the awesome blessings that God has for you? All right, let's do this. Summer is upon us and what better way to celebrate than with some sweet deals. I have an amazing group of business ladies who have sponsored the podcast and they have a treat just for Hello Awesome listeners. My friend Chantel, a two-time podcast guest, runs the very successful modest fashion clothing brand, Nuggles. Aiming to always provide beautiful, comfortable, and affordable apparel, Nuggles desires every lady to embrace modesty with style. You don't have to break the bank or sacrifice that morning latte when you shop with Nuggles. In fact, Hello Awesome listeners can use the exclusive 10% off discount code by using Hello Awesome 10 during checkout. Head to nuggles.us to browse their full collection today. Again, that's N-U-G-G-L-E-S dot U-S to shop high quality products to add to your modest wardrobe right now. Do you find yourself struggling to find a durable scrunchie that's both functional and cute? Seriously, look no further than Sovita. Guys, I am not lying when I say that I use Lucy's scrunchies every single day and my hair reaches behind my knees. Sovita is a handmade shop with beautiful and fun scrunchies, headbands, and more. Use coupon code PODCAST for 10% off your order right now at sovita.com. That's S-E-W-V-I-D-A dot com. Go grab a few goodies this summer and keep your hair off your neck with style. Be sure to also follow Lucy on Instagram at Sovita. Are you looking for classic modest pieces for your summer wardrobe? My girl Mandy over at Blue Thistle Taylor has timeless dresses, skirts, and handbags. Last year, it was such a treat to meet Mandy during General Conference in Indiana and I truly feel like we're soul sisters. 
I love her passion for simplistic modesty, and you will too. Just use our special code, HelloAwesome, for 20% off your order on BlueThistleTailor.com. That's B-L-U-T-H-I-S-T-L-E-T-A-I-L-L-U-E-R.com. Also give her a follow on Instagram at BlueThistleTailor. I don't know about you, but I struggle to find quality skincare products with simple ingredients that don't irritate my skin, especially in these hot summer months. While Rachel over at Oneness Essentials makes handmade soap and body products that not only look and smell beautiful, but they're perfect for sensitive skin like mine. I seriously can't wait to try her cocoa cream lotion. It sounds like it smells amazing. Use code HelloAwesome for 15% off your order when you shop at onenesssoapbiz.com. That's O-N-E-N-E-S-S-S-O-A-P-B-I-Z.com. Make sure to also follow Oneness Soap Biz on Instagram for gorgeous product photos and updated business info. So when I think of summer, I think of hanging out by the shore and strolling along little shops browsing at the adorable clothing that I just can't afford. Can you relate? Well, you don't have to worry about that with Dress Like an Angel. Felicia is a pastor's wife and mama of two beautiful daughters who has been selling clothing for 30 years now. Wow, this woman of God is the ultimate mama boss. Felicia's shop, Dress Like an Angel, features stunning dresses, skirts, extenders, layered tops, and so much more in a variety of styles while highlighting the beauty of modesty. She even carries items for young girls like her best-selling lace tights. If you live near Starks, Louisiana, stop by their brick and mortar store that's filled with adorable, gorgeous clothing. Or use our exclusive discount code, HelloAwesome, for 10% off your order at DressLikeAnAngel.com. Keep up with their huge inventory selection and future sales by following Dress Like an Angel on Instagram. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. This week is a solo show, so that means I share my thoughts in a lesson with you. Now, I originally had planned that I would finish our Bible study series back to the basics this week, but as I was preparing for it, I really felt led to push that to a later date. I believe the Lord placed this title, Offenses and Fences, in my heart for us right now. I was going back and forth whether I should just complete the Bible series or should I address current events. I didn't want to ignore what was going on in our nation, not at all, but I didn't want to just add to the noise either. And so I prayed and I tried to be quiet for a moment to reflect. How many times in life do we react only to realize we should have reflected first? Reflection doesn't mean that you don't care about what's going on. It doesn't mean that you won't take some sort of action at some point. What reflection helps us do is pause. And taking a pause is okay. Now, I would much rather take time to think things through than act without thinking. And to be honest, this is my personal weakness. I really have a hard time pausing And I am known to be reactive at times. Just ask my husband and my children. But it's why God has given me this insight. And because he has shown it to me first and is working in me continually, 
I can then share it with you so that you don't feel alone. Because right now, we need each other. I'm not perfect, and I still need help in this area. But the knowledge that we can get from God will help make us better. We are hurting as a nation and as a people. We have been wounded by a disgusting act of injustice and racism. We also have been under extreme pressure due to the coronavirus for months and the aftermath of a lot of unfortunate events this year. And we are reacting. Now, I won't sit here and tell you what is right and what's wrong about how people are reacting. That's up to the Lord to decide. I won't sit here and be political and point fingers. We have enough voices doing that. That doesn't mean that I'm not political in my personal life. I have some strong convictions about certain topics and ideas, but there is a time and a place for them. And I think constantly highlighting those convictions on a public platform, whether it's a podcast or a social media account, isn't always a healthy thing. The healthiest thing is to take those political convictions to prayer and to the polls when it's time to vote. Now I feel what God wants me to say right now is about the power of pausing, taking a step back from any tragedy or situation that has left us offended and wounded to gain perspective, even in our own lives, even personally, not to excuse the injustice or the hurt, but so that we can be effective the right way with the leading of the Lord. Honestly, it's against our nature to pause. We wanna speak up and fight back right away because we want a solution. We want our problems to have a resolution and so we demand one. It's in my nature to be bold and loud. I come from a fiery Hispanic family and there's nothing quiet about how we communicate at all. And I'm not trying to be negative. I love my roots and I love how loud we are as Puerto Ricans. We also love very loud and we laugh very loud and it's fulfilling. But throughout these years, the Lord has shown me that being loud doesn't mean that you are right. The higher your voice can go, doesn't always mean that people will listen or that things will actually happen for you. In fact, it might actually do the opposite. In society, we've been taught that quiet people must be weak. But I can remember a certain carpenter from Nazareth that was beaten and whipped. And when they asked him questions, he had very few answers. He spoke specific words or no words at all. Yes, there were times that Jesus was bold. There were times he called out people and said things that were not politically correct at all. But that wasn't all the time. And it was always with intention and purpose. It wasn't sporadic and emotional. Jesus stepped away from the crowds many times to be alone, to be still, to pray, to pause. Now, bear with me here and don't read into my words in thinking that I'm specifically talking about those of us who have spoken out about racism or have peacefully exercised our right to protest. I've called this evil out personally in many ways myself, and I stand with my brothers and sisters of color. If you are a listener and you are a person of color, I stand with you, I see you, and I love you. There needs to be justice, and it must be served. The question is, as God's people, are we asking him to guide our behavior and our words? What I'm talking about is how we are behaving towards one another on an individual basis and how we are conducting ourselves online, in the comments that we're responding to, in the posts that we are resharing. 
in the post that we are posting because it's hurting us more when we are operating without a filter. Not only are we upset by the original issue, now the hurt has deepened because we are seeing posts that we don't agree with or that feel directed toward us. Words that are triggering our response to react and fight between the people that God created. So while the marches are happening and the confrontation on the front lines is happening, there's another war that's taking place and that is socially between individuals. And it also is a spiritual war that we cannot see. Now I've watched people reshare post after post multiple times a day, every single day on their feeds. It seems like they are online 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's become an obsession and almost an anxious reaction to what's been going on. And many times I wanted to join in because I also have something to say and I also have some feelings that I feel. But then I felt God prompt me not to. And so I sat with it instead of talking about it. Have you ever had to sit with something you wanted to share? Don't you feel like you're a child again, about to burst because you want to talk or move, but you're on timeout, so you gotta just sit there? Being quiet for a moment doesn't mean that you're never going to speak up. It means you're giving your brain a moment to process everything and allowing God time to clarify your vision. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-6 As Christians, we are called to fight battles in a different way. While we should speak out about injustice and we should take action, standing up for the oppressed, our weapons are not carnal. And if our weapons are not carnal, how do we become equipped? But mighty through God, the scripture says. That tells me that before we battle, before we fight, before we stand up and stand in the gap for those who need a voice, we need God first. Because the only weapons that will truly work can't be seen. They're spiritual weapons handed to us by the hands of the mighty God. In my imagination, I see God's people feeling the pain and automatically jumping up with clenched fists and immediately engaging and reacting while God is saying, you left me behind when I have the most powerful weapons you'll ever need. The problem is not in feeling the hurts or empathy. Romans 12:15 does say, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Now I've seen this verse many times these last few weeks. But what does the verse before it say in Romans 12, 14? Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. We are not to invoke harm or doom on another person, even if they have persecuted us. But we are to invoke blessing and prosperity so that no soul may perish. Because the persecutor is loved by God as much as the victim. And again, I'm not saying that it's an excuse to anyone's gross behavior. Justice for the victim needs to happen. But as God's people, church-going, oneness apostolic people, are we invoking harm on another person with carnal weapons? Or are we pausing long enough 
so that God can equip us the right way. When David was preparing to battle Goliath, Saul geared up David with his own armor, the king's personal equipment for battle. But David, being a lowly shepherd boy, did not feel comfortable in Saul's armor. He had never tested it out in battle and did not feel confident wearing it to fight the giant. And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put an helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off him, and he took his staff in his hand, and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook, and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a script, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. 1 Samuel 17, 38-40 Saul's helmet was made of brass, a strong heavy metal. His breastplate was made out of mail, which were little twisted metal rings or plates to help protect the body. David was also given Saul's sword, which I'm sure was the sharpest blade in the whole army. The armor as a whole that Saul gave David was the best quality around, with some of the strongest metals at that time. And yet, David still did not feel confident in using the armor from his king. In fact, David felt so out of place wearing the armor, he tells Saul that he cannot go into battle with it. So David removes the helmet of brass. He removes the breastplate of mail. He puts down the sharp sword and leaves the king's armor behind. Instead, he picks up his staff. He chooses five smooth stones from a brook. He puts them in his ratty little shepherd's bag and with his little sling in hand, confidently approaches the giant. But David's confidence couldn't and didn't come from his physical armor. His confidence came from his spiritual armor that already had been given to him by God. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. 1 Samuel 17.45 What if David had kept the king's armor because he felt pressure to fight with it? His focus would have been directed to carnal weapons. He might have been distracted, and Goliath could have won. Are we as Christians being pressured to use the armor that the world is trying to place on us? Their armor looks strong and powerful. Their sword looks sharper than anything that we have ever seen. But are we looking at the armor of the world with the same confidence that we should be directing to the God of David? Ephesians 6, 10-13 says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. The battle is not with other people who do evil things, but with evil spirits that make people do evil things. Racism is a spirit of division and hatred that does not come from God and should not be accepted by God's people and should not be accepted in our churches. 
It is a part of the enemy's devices to tear us down and fight against one another. God poured out his spirit upon all flesh. He was not racist in who he filled his spirit with. And so we cannot be racist toward each other and choose who gets blessed and who doesn't just by how they look and the color of their skin. The world is seeing this battle through carnal eyes and so it is fighting with carnal armor and carnal weapons. And in my humanity, I get it. And I feel compelled at times to forget all chill and jump in too. I do. But as a new creature in Christ, I had to stop and pause. Not because I didn't want to take action, but because I felt God say, you can't fight without me. For us as the church, in order to fight against any divisive and evil spirit, we must put on the whole armor of God, not just take the pieces that we want to use whenever we want to use them. You see, David didn't need King Saul's armor because he was already spiritually equipped with the armor of the one true king. David had confidence because he had put on the spiritual armor of God first, and that armor is more powerful than any metal on earth and his weapons are stronger than any blade the army could provide. And we are told that once we put on God's armor, we will be able to stand up against evil. We will be able to stand up against any wicked spirit meant to divide his people. So here's what I'm seeing right now. If we take time to sit and pause, we allow God the time to properly equip us with his spiritual armor and we are then able to stand up more confidently against evil because his mighty weapons are at our hands. This is how God wants us to fight our battles. I've heard the words, if you're silent, you're part of the problem. And if you don't speak up, you're speaking up for the persecutor. And if you don't take action, you agree with the injustice. And these statements are valid. But when the world wants us to fight with carnal weapons and storm into battle with reactive emotions and no spiritual covering, that is a dangerous bloodbath waiting to happen. To sit and pause is not to say that you will not eventually speak up or take action. To sit and pause is to simply say, I want to fight the right way. So Lord, hand me your armor because I can't win without you. And while yes, Speaking up and giving a voice to the victim can bring the change we need to heal and grow as people. It should always be done with the right attitude and the right armor. So what are the pieces that make up God's armor? Ephesians 6, 14 through 20 continues by saying this, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. First, we must be stabilized with the belt of truth. That's why your loins girt about with truth. 
It's translated to mean having a belt around your hip, the middle of your body, at the center. The truth of God should stabilize us so we don't wobble or fall. Then we are to have the breastplate of righteousness. This means that our hearts should operate out of quality character, choosing to lean on God's just ways and not giving into our emotional feelings. It's treating other people according to how God wants us to treat them. On our feet, we should wear shoes that help us keep in anticipation to be prepared to share the gospel or the good message of peace. Not running with anxiousness or in haste, but with calmness and rest in the spirit, moving in unity with God. Then above all, we are to take the shield of faith. Faith is not hope or belief, because it is possible to believe a lie. Faith is not a hope so. Faith is a no so. Faith is your knowledge of God, what you know about his identity and person, and that knowledge guides your perspective so that you can act in harmony with him. And through this knowledge of God, this faith, the word says that we will be able to quench or extinguish the burning darts of the wicked. And the Lord gives us a helmet, not made of solid metal, but of salvation. It's a defense in our mind to take into captivity every thought, subjecting it to the authority of God so that we remember our why, so we remember that we are sanctified and set apart. It helps us keep strong convictions so that we stay saved and protects us from being distracted, forgetting our main purpose. And lastly, we are handed the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's the sharpest blade we will ever need because it's eternal and never gets rusty. Its power never fades away and its strength cuts deeper than any carnal weapon. It digs deep into the heart and soul of man, performing spiritual surgery and putting us back together better than we were found. Hebrews 4.12 tells us, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. This is how we, as Christians, fight our battles. We pause and sit, waiting for the Lord to equip us with every single piece of his mighty armor. We listen to the voice of our commander, our king, and how we are to take action and prepare ourselves the way he instructs us to. And then, when we are given the green light, that is when we fight. But even in the heat of the battle, God doesn't want us to forget the weapons we are to use. Let me repeat Ephesians 6, 18-20 again. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Putting on the right armor is not the end of how to fight. It's the beginning. Because in the middle of the chaos and pain of what a battle entails, you need direction on how to behave and act and fight back. And God gives us these directions in his word. It says to continually pray and make requests in the spirit. That means to be in tune with the Lord, taking time to rest in a quiet place and speaking with him about how we're feeling. He doesn't want us to suppress how we feel. He wants us to talk to him about it. 
Often people think that Christians are oppressed because we're suppressing our voices and how we feel, but this is the opposite. We're only directing it in a different way. We're being careful with our words so that God can work on our behalf because we are in tune with his spirit and aligned with his will. And here is where this matters. Paul says that doing this, he may be given utterance or speech or words, that he then can open his mouth boldly to share insights that will reveal truth about the gospel because he says, I am an ambassador in bonds, meaning he is a representative of someone who was in chains but no longer is bound by those restrictions because of the truth. And because Paul is no longer bound by those restrictions, he is a representative of a better way, that he can boldly speak by the power of the Spirit. In fact, he says, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak, as he should speak. You want a bold word? Let God equip you with the right armor first. David boldly spoke up against Goliath because he already was spiritually equipped with the armor of God and his confidence didn't rest on himself or in his carnal weapons, but in the mighty God that was with him. We can't expect God's power when we're using armor and weapons he never gave us. We can't run into battle unprepared and expect to be victorious. We are asking God to meet us with his might, but on our terms, and this will only lead to destruction because on the surface, even if it appears we have won the battle, the underlying spiritual warfare was not defeated properly. This war is against the devil and his wicked soldiers, not against other people and not against one another. So even if new laws are passed or things on the surface of our nation start looking better, which I hope it does, and I know it will help, it's temporary because the root system of who we are and how we operate is still severed from God and his true love. It's like the foundation of a building or a tree. If the roots aren't deep in good soil, it doesn't matter how pretty the leaves are. It doesn't matter how beautiful the building is. If it doesn't have a good, solid foundation, it's not going to last long. Soon enough, when the wind is strong enough, the tree will blow over because there's no substance to hold it down. Psalm 1 says it plainly. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, and his leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff, which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. We are not meant to walk how the world walks. We are not meant to stand on the same path as the unrepentant sinner. We are not meant to sit in the same seats as those who mock righteousness. But we are to delight in the law of the Lord before any law on earth, before any law we desire to see happen in our nation. And not just delight in it, but meditate and ponder and sit with it day and night. And the word says, when we do this, we will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, by the nourishing source that we need for growth and refreshment. And this will lead to good fruit in the right season. We will be victorious.
we will have substance. We will stand and keep standing no matter the strong winds around us. But if we don't obey God and his word, and we do things our way, using our weapons and fighting how we want to fight battles, we will perish. Maybe not in the physical world, but our souls will be dead in sin because we didn't get attached to the right root system. I believe this message is for us, all of us as ambassadors of Christ, right now to take and receive, to make sure we are taking time to sit and pause and listen to the voice of God before we take action, not only because of the state of our nation, but any time that there is an offense in our lives. Anytime we feel wounded and hurt by the words of somebody else or the actions of someone else. Anytime we want to stand up and fight for justice, even if the justice is for our own selves. Anytime we want to bring more fire to a firefight, it's time we get connected to the root system of God so that we can quench the fire with his living water. This is how we should handle offenses. And this is how we also protect ourselves. A fence doesn't get built to box in animals keeping them away from freedom. It's to keep out wolves and protect them from harm. So while we may think the real freedom is when we tear down that fence that God placed for us as a protection so that we can get out, we must understand that the truth is boundaries and precepts that are put in place for our protection so that we are saved and sanctified so that we can go to heaven with Jesus. God's ways and his law is different than man's. And so we must take time to connect with the heart of the father before we take any action or speak any words. Do not give in to the pressure of using the armor and weapons of the world. We must allow ourselves to sit in the presence of our king, to listen to his instruction and to be equipped with his mighty armor so that the truth of the gospel can be spread souls can be saved and the real change can happen in our hearts starting at the root system of who we are as people for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways saith the lord for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts in your thoughts for as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, and it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Isaiah 55, 8-11 We need to trust in the power of our God, that his word has what we need to have real victory, Go back to the basics of why we believe what we do and prepare ourselves with the right foundation. His word will not return void or empty. We have to stop treating the Bible like a fairy tale book that's only filled with fluffy stories and make-believe events. It's our greatest weapon. It's our sword. But we got to use it once we're equipped the right way. What I'm seeing is many of us are so quick to just grab a scripture to take a stand perverting the original text and forgetting that there is weight to the word of God. Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. 
he burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Psalm 46, 8 through 11. Pause. Sit. Be still and know that he is God. Get that knowledge for yourself. So then when you are fully equipped with the king's armor, you'll be able to share the truth and make a real difference. A difference that will last. God said he will be exalted in the earth. It will happen. God's will will happen. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. He will come back for us at the sound of the trumpet in the blink of an eye. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be distracted by fighting a battle with the world's armor and the world's weapons that I can't even see straight, completely missing the call of the great shepherd who will be waiting to bring us home to a better place. A place where no sorrow or tears will be found. A place where we will be in his perfect peace forever. Because the biggest tragedy isn't picking up the carnal fighting tactics and equipment of the world, but it's in thinking that this life here on earth is all that we have to fight for. We have to fight for heaven. We have to prepare our souls to be saved. So when it is time for us to go to our final home, we will be ready. Lord, make us ready. Help us to fight for our place in heaven the same way we're willing to fight for our place down here. Search our hearts, God, for anything that brings division between our spirit and yours. And most importantly, God, let us trust that you will bring justice to the persecuted and the oppressed. Let us trust that your armor and your weapons are enough, that it will be through your scope. Our words will have the right attitude and the right weight to reach the hearts of your people so that when we do go home and we make it to heaven, we will not be empty-handed, but we will be bringing along as many people as we can to our final resting place. This is the Great Commission. This is the Gospel. This is the good news that we've all been waiting for. You're not going to get it on CNN. You're not going to get it on Fox News. You're going to get it from the Word of God. The good news that has been spoken through generations. It will never fade. And we have to trust that that truth still has power today. That that good news is still good for us today. Receive it. Pray on it. Let it be your root system. And let it be your compass in the battle. I truly love each and every one of you. And I thank you for allowing me to speak to you on this platform. I do not take it lightly that I have the opportunity to speak to you in this way. And I'm believing that our God will make a way for our nation. Under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. Please help me spread this message two ways. One, take a screenshot of your podcast player and share it on social media, specifically on Instagram, tagging Hello Awesome Ministries. And second, Copy the link to this episode by looking for the share button on your podcast app and post it to your Facebook page. You can tag me on Facebook as JC Lee Pulford or you can tag my page.
Hello Awesome. Next week, we will have an amazing guest stopping by the podcast with a powerful message for all of you young people out there. And I cannot wait for you to hear her message. Shyla Mitchell has a amazing, amazing heart of service and ministry. And I cannot wait for you to hear the words that she has for you. It will inspire and empower you. So tune in again right here on the Hello Awesome podcast. I'll talk to you guys real soon. Stay safe, stay connected, and stay blessed. If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, would you take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Hello Awesome Ministries? It will encourage me that you were blessed. Also, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you can tune into future episodes. To learn more about Hello Awesome, head to helloawesomeministries.com. Until next time, keep your chin up, beautiful.